everything, all the dreams that I'd had for my property or the relationship I wanted to have, the type of connection I wanted to have in my life, all my dreams started happening and they started happening so fast that that there was this one point where I, I felt like I was not driving the train of my life. It was like I was being swept along into everything that I'd ever wanted starts coming so fast that I actually asked God, wait a minute, do I get a say in this? Do I, do I get to choose anything or is there, am I just swept into this thing? Well, hello there, prosperity seeker. Welcome to another episode of The Prosperity Approach. I'm your host, Allison Chavez. Today, I'm really, really excited to introduce you to Marnie Pearson Coons. I am so excited to have her on. We've actually known each other for several years, and I have looked up to her for um, eons of time, and Marnie was just a real balm to me when I first got in this online space and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And she was just, she's just calm and even keel and just has such a beautiful spirit about her. So let me tell you just a little bit about Marnie. She is the best-selling author of 33 titles, and she is a certified Simply Aligned practitioner who blends her 32 plus years of business acumen, nature, photography, and music to mentor her clients past barriers, fears, and doubts to create greater levels of peace, joy, and fulfillment in their daily lives. She is the author of Finding Peace in a Turbulent World, Living in Sacred Nature, and the accompanying journal and planner and affirmation card deck, which features her nature photography. Marnie, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for letting me be here. I've always enjoyed being doing anything with you. Whatever you've got going is always <laughs> exciting. So thank you. We have good times <laughs> together. Good, good times together. And you are you are no stranger to turbulent times. You are no stranger to finding peace in the midst of the storm. In fact, um, your inner peace began when you went through simultaneously a very unexpected divorce and the death of your mother. And found yourself homeless and very little income. And like, what did you learn about prosperity from this experience? And did you recover? I did recover. Not exactly the way I expected, but yes, definitely in spades. So um, yeah, it, it really came down to a time I was staying with a friend of mine out West and uh, she graciously let me just come stay with her for the summer. And I had my boys out there visiting their father. And I woke up one morning and I had this kind of epiphany moment. Um, actually, a song came into my mind during a dream. And when I woke up, I wrote the song down, the lyrics, the music. And I had always wanted to do that, but had never done both. And I just went straight to the piano, recorded it out, and I was singing it to my friend. And she's like, that's phenomenal, you know, and I just had this moment of, I have everything I need. I, I just know that I have everything I need, even though I was borrowing my, borrowing my friend's van to get around and, you know, she put a roof over my head. Uh, I had enough money to buy some food or something like that. But I realized that God had me in that moment and that he'd always had me and he would always have me, you know, and so whether something belongs to me personally is really irrelevant. I was being cared for. You know, and it opened me up to receiving and not making everything have to come a certain way. You know, like I think before that, I always thought, okay, I've got to go out. I've got to figure out how to make the money. I've got to earn the money. Then I'll go buy the thing. And, you know, and this process that I thought life 
had to go through before I could receive. And so I started being able to receive from anywhere, however God wanted to take care of me. And I just had this fundamental okayness that I was going to be okay. And the very next day is when I met David Coons. And uh, just like right after I got it, the next day, I don't think it happens that fast for everybody, but I met him, we got to know each other. And over time, we ended up getting married and everything that all the dreams that I'd had for my property or the relationship I wanted to have, uh, the type of connection I wanted to have in my life, it's all my dreams started happening and they started happening so fast that, that there was this one point that I was I was fresh out of a divorce. And here's this person who shows up within a month or two after that. Now, the people are going to think I am nuts. <laughs> but if I'm jumping into something else, it's like really nuts. And um, there was this point where I, I felt like I was not driving the train of my life. It was like I was being swept along into everything that I'd ever wanted starts coming so fast. That I actually asked God, wait a minute, do, do I get a say in this? Do I, do I get to choose anything or is, am I just swept into this thing? And so I was praying about this and and the answer came, you know, this is what we created together and it's here. If you want it, take it. If you don't, we'll create something else. You know, no, you have your choice here. You don't have to do this. And I actually took a couple of days to step back and ponder it. And I realized, you know, I'm going to be a fool to throw away everything that I ever wanted just because it happened really fast and I might look stupid to other people. And so anyway, everything from that's just been fun. It's been a fun ride. So. Wow. Okay. So, so a couple of things that, that jumped out at me, you said something to, along the lines of you didn't have to be the one that owned everything. It didn't have to belong to you. God was taking care of you. And I think yeah. we get into so much resistance, at least, I, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but in the past, I've gotten into so much resistance about being taken care of if I didn't somehow earn it or if it didn't somehow belong to me. So I really appreciate that you're like, no, we, we just got to let go of the form and whether or not it's quote unquote yours and just allow yourself to be held during that time. Now, now the speed with which everything came, did it, did it scare you? Oh yeah, it was scary. I was like, okay, so I, okay. Stopped, I was like, wait a minute, do I get to say anymore? Is this just my life is just going here so fast? Because it was everything so, you wanted, right? Yeah, it was everything I wanted. Yeah, it was just it was just coming so much faster than you were ever used to before. So yeah. you're like, yeah. whoa, maybe do I really even want this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I love that. I love that, and I've I've talked to several people who are manifesting really quickly and like pulling things to themselves really quickly who've gone into fear like you have or like you did um, with uh -huh. like oh my gosh this thing is speeding out of control and this is so fast and this is happening it's like but but we need to it needs to time is collapsing <laughs> like time is going faster so we need we we want to receive things faster and you can handle it but I love that conversation that you felt like you could have with God where it's like do I even get a say and he's like sure. <laughs> This is everything you want, but we can toss it and create something else. Like, I love that. How fun and how refreshing and how I, and I imagine, did it make you feel safe? Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. So we're, we're, I really want to talk about diving into connecting with your core sacred self. And actually your book is all about that. And we're going to talk about that um, through this episode today. Um, What is that? What, what, how do you do that? Like where is, and what is the core sacred self? How do you connect to it so that you can have higher levels of love and peace and joy. And if you would be so kind as even to share a technique with us so that we can practice, we would so appreciate that. So, I mean, if you go back to when we're little babies and, you know, we can't feed ourselves, we can't change our diaper, we can't do anything. So we're always looking outside of ourselves for answers. You know, Mm -hmm. mama's got to come and give us milk or whatever. Um, And so we have this habit of looking outward for the solutions when the solutions are inside and they're in that connection that we have with the divine. There is a divine core to us that is a spark of divinity or your spirit or um, that part of you in Ecclesiastes that talks about it comes from God and will turn to return to God after we leave. So you've got this space inside of you that is wired for peace, for love, for um, just acceptance and non-judgmentalness. It's just this really still space that is inside of us. And most of us are looking outward, like when I get this thing or when I have this accomplishment, then I can feel this peace. Like we have to earn it or -hmm. something where it's already there. It's innately our divine right to have peace, to have love, inside of us. And so that's that's what I talk about being the core sacred self in there. And it's there's a lot of ways to find it. And my book is really kind of helping you talk, figure out your combination lock to your core sacred self. Because everybody's a little different. We all have different life experiences, circumstances, psychology, um, trauma that we may have dealt with or whatever. And so my way of getting to my core sacred self could be different than yours, you know, or it might have a different order. But if you think about the times, if you can cast your mind back on a time when you felt peace and you felt like everything was going to be okay, even when everything around you said no. Like, I remember the day when my second husband told me, I don't want to be married anymore. And I was devastated. I didn't see it coming at all. Go into my room and I kneel and I pray and it's just peace. You're free. It was just like you were being set free. This this feeling, and I didn't know what that meant, but that peace that came was the divine speaking to the divine in me. And every time that you have an encounter like that, it's like... it's getting the clutter off your core sacred self. Your core sacred self is almost like a desk that's been piled up with, you know, the book you read last week and your bills and all your clutter and all the stuff that your little kids threw on the desk and, you know, the peanut butter jelly sandwich you have finished or whatever at lunch. All of this is covered up. And so every time you feel that divine connection, it comes in and just kind of wipes some of that off and says, here, this is who you are. This is your core self. You are made for peace. You are made for love. You are made to just believe in the divine orchestration of all things and that everything is going to be okay. So the more ways you feel personally that you can get that feeling of peace, 
It may be with me, it's music can do it. A certain song can give me that feeling of peace or goosebumps or whatever. The more times you can encounter that, then the more it starts sweeping off this space for you to identify who you are inside. That's one technique I would give you. Just ask yourself, what brings me to that space? And cast your back mind back on a time when you have felt it before. Perhaps share it with someone else. Um, my husband and I, we can, we've had these moments together and we'll just talk about them and we're there again. You know, and you can just feel the, you know, that feeling of peace that comes just by remembering. Remembering is the doorway back. Uh, that is beautiful. And you know what? And I think too, I, I love that y- you and your husband will talk about it. And then as you're just remembering and reminiscing, boom, you're back there. But even if you're not talking to another person, talk out loud to yourself in the shower yeah. or quietly if you're on a walk. I've done that many times to get back to that feeling that I want or to feel a feeling that I'm not experiencing in the moment. I think peace is one of the most elusive things, one of the most elusive emotions that people are just chasing right now in this world that is just so noisy and so confusing and just so filled with so much tumult right now. Um, And I think that peace for a lot of people, they feel like, like something has to happen in order for them to feel peace. But that is not the case. The Peace is a choice. And that was something that I, I read a book by Edwin Gaines years and years ago. And she said, peace is just a decision. If you want to have peace, then choose to have peace. And I think part of us goes, oh, ha, 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 ha. easier said than done. But you just gave us such a beautiful technique to connect back to peace. And and to your, to your story a few minutes ago as well, like your whole life felt like it was falling apart on more than one occasion. And you just went in and connected and like, boom, peace was right there and nothing had changed. You know, you didn't suddenly have a house manifest right in front of you. You didn't suddenly have your dream guy in front of you. You know, you didn't wake up to piles and piles of money, like, but you had that peace because you, you chose it. And I think that, I think that's beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. Now, one thing that I know about you is you're a photographer. You take gorgeous pictures of nature, but I didn't know you were a birder. You're a birder as well. I one of my friends is a birder. Yeah. I like to tease her that she's a nerd, but <laughs> but birding is a ton of fun for birders. They really love that. So, do you have your book? You can show us a page or two of your of your um, photos that you took because they are full color yeah. and they were gorgeous. So the the front cover is a great blue heron. I took that. My assistant Megan is just gonna geek out at this episode. Seeing oh, you want birds though? Let me find. Oh, a it can be left. anything. I want to see. The, I want to see. Is that Monument Valley? Uh, that's Bell Rock at Sedona. Oh, and uh, so I talk about some fun experiences we had there in the book. That's a uh, lily, a pond, you know, a pond lily. Oh my gosh, they're gorgeous. Well, that blue heron on the cover was gorgeous. What's yeah, that is a uh, cardinal flying sideways there oh, so, man. so yeah those oh man that actually uh, it, the most interesting thing just happened and i'd be curious to know if anybody else had the same experience if you saw a, if any of those pictures like spoke to your soul and i know things speak to my soul because i go <gasps> like i just take yeah. it out and inhale and every time it's i a- see red rock like that i'm like 
instantly like, oh, thank yeah. you. And I wonder if anything <laughs> else, like, that's, that's part, I, I really think, tell, tell me if, if you have this experience or if this feels true to you. Like, I think that's your, your core sacred self that's speaking to you mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. Like, I agree. Yeah. And that's one reason I wanted to include the photos in the book so that it would be an experiential just reading the book would be an experience of finding yes. so yes you know and and i read books with mostly words and not just mostly pictures but i really appreciate those those books that have pictures and i'll flip right to the picture first to see yeah. you know what it is and get some context and all of that so i love love that you've included in that so so i'm not i'm not a photographer or at least not a one with any skill but what have you learned about prosperity and about peace through your camera lens, there's got to be some sort of experience that you've had as a photographer with that. Yeah. So my husband got me the uh, camera for Christmas a couple of years ago. And normally I hate cold weather. I hate the winter. I don't like the drab. I just count the days for the green to return and spring, right? It's just me. And then I bundle up, stay inside, don't go out. Yes. My husband's a Wisconsin yes. boy. And so he likes the cold and come on, why are we, you know, why are we not doing something? So, you know, he'd get me outside and I just, you know, I don't want to go out. So anyway, um, when he got me the camera, I started taking pictures of the cardinals at the bird feeder on our back deck, because I've always had a thing for cardinals. And so I got some really cool pictures with that. And then we w- we went walking one day and I got this picture of a towie that is, um, well, from the back, the towie, it's a little sparrow type bird. Okay. It looks like a puppy dog on the back of it. And it, it's they call it mimicry in nature. And I was just so fascinated by this that I just kind of got sucked into birding with this thing. And so I had this old snowmobile suit that I found in my dad's closet when we were cleaning out his house. And so I put this snowmobile suit on, you know, it, it's camo. So I'm out here with camo snowmobile suit and my camera and I could spend hours just taking bird pictures and as I noticed that you know I had to be drawn out of my comfort zone to see the world differently and where I had seen winter as drab and nothing there I started to see color I started to see red cardinals and the you know the red-headed woodpeckers and the you know the little colorful toey and everything and all of that stuff was always there before But I'd always been very observant. I might notice the shadow of a bird going over and not even bother to even look up to see what it was. You know, I I just didn't care about any of this before. And I began to see that God is constantly giving us beauty and delightful possibilities. But if you're not looking for them, you're not going to see them, right? You're just, if you just write it off as that's not something I like, or that's too difficult or whatever. And you don't do something as simple as put on a snowmobile suit to get out there and, and bring it in, then you won't bring it in. Also, I learned with photography, it's, it's what you're zooming in on. Like I can have, you know, we're always working on our property and there are some areas that are just so chaotic and not that great looking, you know, then there'll be this iris that's just beautiful, purple. And I can zoom in on that iris and it's just gorgeous beauty. And then you're you're filled with joy over that thing. And it doesn't matter that all the other stuff's a work in progress and it's not, you know, perfect yet. 
you can find the beauty in any moment because it's all there. Everything is there and it's what we choose to focus on that we draw in. And then if you want to choose to focus on the yuck, then you're going to get more yuck. You know, that's just what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. absolutely. And and I appreciate that like God didn't bring the the toey into your home or the cardinal like to just like you know, you weren't Snow White and they just right, yeah. hurt all over you. Like it required you to get to be willing to get a little bit uncomfortable. And 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 I really believe that it, that peace sometimes is right out of our comfort zone because our comfort zone isn't actually very comfortable. It's just familiar. It's it's really familiar. I don't think right. misery is comfortable for people, but it's really familiar for people. And so it requires it requires a willingness to like do something different and to to allow yourself to be uncomfortable. But isn't it amazing too that God also provided you with a snowsuit? So you become <laughs> when you were outside. Like he's got it all. He's got it all. But, but but like that snowsuit wasn't just gonna like just jump out of the closet and attach itself to you. You're not <laughs> Iron Man. Like like you had to be willing and then suddenly like it's always there, but now you're calling it in. And it's just, it's just beautiful. Yeah. I love those. I love those analogies you made. What are you zooming in on? Cause you're going to pull more of it to you. I love it. Let's talk about quieting your mind. Cause your book has a chapter that's all about quieting the mind. So what, what role does your mind play in relationships, in success and in your happiness? So the mind is made to be a tool of the core sacred self, not the other way around. Most of the time we want to use the mind to drive the train of what we're doing. So like, I I have a tendency to overthink things. My husband got me a t-shirt when we first got married. Hang on while I overthink this. And that's just <laughs> me, right? So I've always thought, okay, the mind is it's going to figure it out. I'm going to figure this thing out. If I spin it and look at it enough ways, I'm going to find a solution. Yeah. But it's really not intended to be the one driving the train. The core sacred self, if you can go to the place of stillness first, connect up, then the mind is a tool you can pick up and do something with. So in the in the book, I talk about um, you. I'm sure you're you've heard it, and some of your listeners of that old uh, Native American story about the young brave who says, "Grandfather, I feel like I have these two wolves inside of me. One of them is angry and mean and gets upset and judgmental, and the other one is loving and kind, and you know." how do I know which one's going to win? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. So whatever thoughts you've got, uh, you know, the ancient shamanic people or well, modern shamanic people, they just talk about how you have the ally and the enemy with inside of you uh, or the parasite and the, and the ally. And the thoughts that we have when they're, uh, maybe judgmental or critical or, you know, eh, complaining or something like that, those thoughts are going to breed more of that. And then if you think more loving and kind thoughts, you're going to get more of that. So which one are you going to feed? And it's it's your focus and your feeling. So I um, I have a little thing that I use to help me. And it's um, well, first, let me back up and say that meditation has been huge for me. I, I did a, a program where I went through and did at least an hour of meditation every day for 45 days. And it taught me how to um, notice my thoughts. And then I gradually got where I could just 
like a thought comes and does it serve? No, swipe. So it's almost like I visualize a little iPad in my mind and this thought drops in, doesn't serve, swipe. So you don't have to entertain the thought. You don't have to feed it another thought. You don't have to rationalize with it. You don't have to flip it around. You don't, like if you think about what you feed, you're giving it attention, right? Whether you're giving it motion or attention or a second thought or a third thought, don't feed it anything. Don't don't even give it the satisfaction of rationalizing with it or arguing with it. Just go, oh, doesn't serve, swipe. And that has made a big difference for me to just catch things quickly. And it, if you don't catch it at the thought level, you'll end up going around to emotions. Usually you'll feed, you know, it'll spur Mm -hmm. on a irritation or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then that will lead into some other thoughts or actions, which will just feed the problem and you're just cycling around. Mm -hmm. But if you can catch it at the thought level and just say, no, let that go. It won't go into the emotion. Now, sometimes something will just go so quick to emotion because it's got a heart, you know, a neural pathway is just there. This happens, I go to emotion, but you can catch it. Okay, why am I feeling this? Why? What is this emotion about, this irritation or emotion about? And then catch it and realize, ah, I'm st- don't feed it anymore. Just, you know what I mean? Just let it pass at that point. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. What happens when it's really persistent? What do you do when it's really persistent? Well, you got to break the state in some way. So you could mm-hmm. use breathing techniques. You could um, you could use some of the things you know will take you to your core sacred self, whether it's music or uh, just something. Like I use uh, music a lot. And I have done that instinctively over the years. If I'm feeling down, okay, put on something upbeat or something to shift you out of that state you're in and break it so that then you can, okay, now I can come back and choose more proactively. You know, the simply align stuff like that helps to release mm-hmm. emotions, whatever tools you've got to mm-hmm. release emotions. Well, and it, and it requires a higher level of awareness than what most people operate in too. I think most people don't realize that they're so frustrated or they're so unfulfilled or they're so, you know, in conflict until they're they've been in it for quite some time because we're just so unconscious about about that but when you'll just lay, raise your what level of awareness and just get curious about it i think that makes it so much easier to then like swipe like you said and if that right. thought is still persistent and wants to argue with you it's still easier to swipe because you're like this isn't serving me so away we go and i'm going to think about or pull in this music or change my state in some way but we need to have that that level of awareness. And then it, that serves us so beautifully, just awareness and curiosity will just save you from so much. (laughs) That will really, really serve you. You know, if you've got some, yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying just ignore your problems either. I mean, if you've got something that really needs to be addressed, get the the help or do the work to address the root issue of why Mm -hmm. it's cropping up. But I think acknowledging that, okay, I'm in a really foul mood. Now, what was that about? And what usually puts me in this mood? And can I trail back to and deal with the root issue of it? You know, it could Mm -hmm. be a childhood thing that you need to address or something, but at least be mindful enough of your emotions and your thoughts to stay, you know, I can choose. It's, It's the most empowering state you can possibly be in when you can choose thoughts 
and your emotions. There's no greater freedom, I don't think, than the freedom to choose your thoughts. I agree. I absolutely agree. So in your book, you talk about seeing or hearing your creator in his creations, um, specifically through different parables in nature. Do you have a, a parable or two that you would share with us about prosperity in our last couple minutes here together? Okay, so we call this the parable of the privet. A privet is a is a tree that looks really pretty, smells really pretty, but is invasive, and it will take over and it will poison the other plants around it and take up their space and their nutrients. And so, when my husband Dave first moved down on this property, he he thought he realized what they were, and he was like a man on a mission to get rid of them. And when he first started out, there were no birds or pollinators. Like we hardly ever saw a butterfly. Couldn't really hear any birds or anything. And he went in and just started getting rid of these privet. And in their place, we 27 new diverse species of native plants and things started showing up, red buds and all these other really pretty things because he created the space by getting rid of the invasive privet. And as he did that, now we've got birds, we've got goldfinch and butterflies. We can sit on our front porch and watch hummingbirds and goldfinch and all kinds of butterflies and all this really cool stuff. It wasn't there before because the privet had invaded. And so when you want to make room for something new and good in your life, ask yourself, what has become invasive? What has become, it may be a good thing in moderation, but now it's just crazy. Like For me, it can be workaholism or way too much time on social media or something like the news. I had to cut the news, for example, because it was robbing me. Of things. And as I got rid of those, I started to have more talents, like the photography, uh, the music stuff that I've done has come by getting rid of the invasive workaholism, mm-hmm. you know, and start exploring other gifts that I might have that I hadn't developed. Wow. I love that. What a, what a beautiful example of nature. It's kind of like the vacuum law of prosperity, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. exactly what totally. it is. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that. Marnie, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm so happy that you were on my show because I needed to have this conversation. Like God knew, okay, Allison, like you need, you need some extra light. You need some extra light. So this came perfectly for me. And I know if it came perfectly for me, it came perfectly for my audience as well. And they're going to want to know how can they connect with you? How can they get your, you've got a card deck, you've got a journal, you've got a planner, you've got all these amazing things. You've got the book. So how can they, how can they find you? How can they work with you? What have you got for us today? Like all the things. Okay. So if you go to creationgirl.com slash finding peace, uh, there is, I have a free course you can go through. You don't even have to buy any of it. So you can get that for free. Uh, and then there's links to the book and the the journal and the hard deck and the coaching program and all of that if you want to dive deeper. But, you know, start with the course, see if it'll expand upon what we talked about today. Beautiful. And those links are in the show notes as well. And how can people find you on social media, Marnie? Anywhere? I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Marnie L. Coons on Instagram if you want to follow my photography and stuff there. Beautiful, beautiful. We'll put all those links in the show notes. And um, thank you again so much for being here. You've blessed my life. You've blessed my audience's life. And we appreciate you so much for, for what you've shared with us, with your wisdom through the trials and through the beauty as well. So 
Thank you so much again. And those of you who are watching or who have listened, again, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. And remember, prosperity becomes you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Prosperity Approach. If you haven't already, be sure to head over to prosperityapproach.com slash 52 ways and pick up your free copy of The Prosperity Guide. This guide will help you discover 52 different ways to dissolve fear and overwhelm, grow your wealth consciousness and experience success without struggle. Until next time, remember, the challenge is necessary on your journey to success, but the struggle isn't. 